Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Socially Savvy, broadcasting live from Gunnar Nordstrom's gallery in Bellevue. I'm your host, LB Duchess, with guest host today of Gunnar Nordstrom, artist Ray Pelly, and Ryan, our blast mixologist. Hello, everybody. Howdy. Hello. Gunnar, honey, that's you too. He's waving at me. He's not ready to be on the mic yet. So today's show, we are going to be talking about um, a lot of, a little bit of a lot of everything. Uh, it is brought to you by Gunnar Nordstrom's. If you want to feel better, buy yourself some art. We are going to be um, enjoying O-Wine as our on-air wine tasting with Soiree Aerators, which you'll be hearing more about later on in the show. Artist Ray Pelly is going to be talking about his wine art. We're going to be discussing the difference between swag bags and goodie bags as well as uh, the Duchess Report, what's happened, what's going on, and um, some news in the area. So we're going to start off this week with our O-Wine Chardonnay as our on-air tasting. If everybody here wants to take a sip of their wine and um, let us know what you think of it. I had the luxury of having some a little bit earlier. Uh, running solo this today, I decided I was going to indulge a little bit sooner than later. <laughs> what do you think, Ray? Uh, I like it. I've We've had it before, and so I was familiar with the taste. Uh, I, I like it when it's served really cold in particular. But uh, as far as the taste, it reminded me of uh, green apples with kind of a, a fruit blossom finish when it was done. It was pretty delightful. Well, yes, and I, I know for me, I've never been a big Chardonnay fan. But this one is so smooth and light. It's not overly heavy. To me, it has a crispness to it, like what you were saying with the apple and stuff in um I just think it's delightful. <laughs> what about you, Ryan? Yeah, I recently got into uh, more whites and Chardonnays in particular because I do like uh, drier wine. Um, but it does have some really good citrus notes, um, and it's really crisp, uh, clean finish. It is. It's wonderful. And I'm not sure of how many of our listeners are familiar with O wines, but everybody always asks, what does the O stand for? Well, it stands for opportunity. And um, in the future weeks here, we're going to have both Stacy and Kathy on the show and be able to interview them so they can tell us a little bit about how they started and um, where they're going with it because they do ben- um, have their wines and a lot of benefits and a lot of charities. They support a lot of causes. Uh, so it's always interesting to hear the history that comes along with that. So, Okay, moving on next, we're, we are going to be talking a little bit about uh, our new secret sponsor. We're going to say a little bit about that early in the show because they were part of the pour today. The secret sponsor is Soiree. It's the next evolution in wine aeration and serving. It is basically a bottle top wine aerator. It is a beautiful glass bubble piece that fits into the top of your bottle of wine. It has a, a plastic piece, uh, uh, like a rubber piece actually, on the bottom. And as you pour the wine, it aerates it. So it simulates basically being able to sit for anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour, depending on you know, which wine you're you're drinking. So it allows you to take a bottle of wine if you're rushed for time and you don't have the opportunity to let it aerate or set, or maybe you're going somewhere and you're not going to have the, the opportunity to put it in a decanter to give the effect and be able to enjoy it as if it had been decanted. So, Or if you just don't want to wait for that glass. Yeah, which is usually me. I pop the bottle. It's like, I want it now. 
<laughs> so thank you very much, Soiree, and we are looking forward to having um, them in some of our bottles of wine so that we can do that because we don't have a tendency to wait very long after we open them on the show. <laughs> so if you are listening, do remember that they are the secret sponsor. Let us know that you know who the secret sponsor is and you're entered in the contest every month for prizes from our sponsors. They will be. They have given us a aerator to give away this month. So if um, you send it to us on message, then you'll be entered into that. Okay, next is Socially Savvy News, brought to you by Blast, the ultimate cocktail, and our mixologist, Ryan. Some of the stories that we have today for you was, we did want to take a moment to thank, or to congratulate Kathy Johnson of O-Wines for making the cover of 425 Magazine. Both Kathy and Stacey Lill were featured on local women in business sharing their secrets in 425. So we love it when the the local people get recognition for all their efforts. And, um, again, when you hear the story of what they've done and where they've come from and how quickly they've done it, uh, it is absolutely amazing. So if you want to get a sneak peek on that, pick up a 425 magazine and check out the um, article. It's awesome. Next, we have what's coming up spring and summer. You know, with, fortunately, we're living in the Northwest where the diversity of entertainment is exceptional. And as the sun comes out, so do the events. Some of the um, fun things that are coming up are going to be Chateau Saint-Michel, which with the economy being the way it is, I thought this was a great idea. They came up with staycation. So on May 29th, if you're going to be staying in for Labor Day weekend, they are doing a event. It's called Staycation. If you're not ready to spend $4 a gallon for gas this Memorial Day weekend, stay close to home and visit Saint-Michel. They're going to have food, wine, music, and an exotic car dealer collector there, so you can take a look at some of these cars. It is the exotics car at Redmond Town Center that will be parking some of their very special cars out behind the manor house for you to view. And they will be—they have released their summer concert schedule, so it'll give you an opportunity to check out what concerts are coming up, maybe buy some tickets, reserve your places. Um, some of the concerts that are coming up this summer are the Moody Blues, Steve Miller Band. In Excess, Yes, and Sticks Together, Gypsy Kings, the B-52s, and the Human League Together, just to name a few. So go to um, saintmichelle.com to get a full listing of fun. Has anybody here been to any of the concerts at Chateau Saint-Michel? I haven't been to them. I know people that have and said they have a really good time. They have a good amphitheater kind of thing out there, I believe. Yeah, I, I haven't been yet. I'm really excited. This year I've dedicated, I'm going to go to one. What about you, Gunnar? Oh, that's crazy. I can't imagine you haven't been. I, I haven't that, been. That's an ongoing, fantastic venue for music out there. That's what I've heard. I've been, I have boys, and so I was always at baseball tournaments and, you know, <laughs> all the sporting events. So all of a sudden my summer was over. Like, oh, there were concerts? There was a life out there? <laughs> So I'm very excited to check out what they've got going on. And and some of these I remember from way back. I'm going to date myself now, but from back in high school. So it'll be kind of nice to go check them out. Again, as the summer comes along and spring has hit, the farmer's markets have started opening up all over the city. Bellevue's Thursday night started um, are starting May 4th. They run 3 to 7 at the First Presbyterian Church. Kirkland's Market is now open at the um, Marina Park every Wednesday. May through October from 2 till 7 p.m. And Redmond's Saturday market from 9 to 3 runs May 7th through October 29th. So that's a great place to support your local growers, artists, and vendors, as well as um, it's a great place to take the family uh, first date. 
I think if you're going on a first date and it's kind of awkward or maybe a second date, that's a great place because it gives you all kinds of different things to talk about. Uh, I love seeing the art and the potteries and all the, the creativity of the, the people who bring their little tables and their little wares in there. So there's some fun for you. It's not just for us adults. It's for everybody. There's always the Fremont Market on Sundays, too. Oh, yes. I'd forgotten about that one. I was actually just down there. I have a friend that makes and sells jewelry and does quite well. And a lot of fun being out in the sun. You got to enjoy the day. Now, that, did that start this last weekend? Uh, it started, I think, two weeks ago. Awesome. Uh, this was the second or third one going. Wonderful. Um, so, yeah, it's up and going. Yesterday was a perfect day to be down there. Oh, okay. I'm definitely going. I've always wanted to go to the Fremont stuff, too. I'm, you know, you live on the east side. It's hard to get yourself around the horn or across. So, like, I'm trying to be better at that. That's, that's the same I feel because I live over on that side, so it's harder for harder me to get to over, get over here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hot off the press, coming soon to Bellevue, is going to be called The Suite. It is in the Hyatt. It's going to be taking over the location of... Um, Oh, Stir, where Stir used to be. And they're going to be opening up sometime here in the late spring. So we will keep you updated on that for the launch and when it will be opening so you'll be the first to be able to attend. Okay, next we're moving on to Socially Acceptable and Unacceptable, brought to you by Kind Bars, delicious, healthy, and gluten-free snack bars. We incorporated this part of the show because with Socially Savvy, we're always trying, the whole purpose of it was to kind of give people parameters of, of how to be social these days. Back when our grandparents were around, they had these great little books of etiquette that educated you and told you what you were supposed to do, how where you were supposed to put your napkin, how you were supposed to talk to people, how you were supposed to interact. And as cultures came about and, and mixed and blended, a lot of that um, became obscure and confusing because one culture's way of doing things was, was not necessarily acceptable and then you had the integration of social media, so people became in, um, in not enable, but they less educated and and used to interacting with each other. They were more used to interacting with a screen. And you see this a lot with kids when you're trying to talk to young adults and stuff. They have a hard time maintaining eye contact because they're not used to that one-on-one uh, communication. So when we created socially savvy, it was to help give little tips of information, even though some of us think it's common sense. Other people go, well, I don't know. So we have created that. And the first topic that we're going to touch base on, which I would love to get you guys' feedback, and I have to say this is a rare occasion. I am surrounded by men. I'm usually never surrounded by men. So it's fun to get you guys' opinions versus a, a female opinion all the time. So the first one for socially acceptable is it is okay to be quiet. And I think a lot of people get very unsettled if they're not talking. What do you guys think? Well, I'm not usually one, and my friends will be first to vouch this, that I'm usually very quiet, but I do know when to uh, keep my mouth closed and just kind of sit there and be more of an uh, observer instead of uh, center of attention or anything like that. Usually it's when I have uh, a few less drinks in me at the time, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Definitely a time and place, and depending on the situation, there's some people that don't know when to kind of just sit and be quiet. I would agree with that. I tend to be much more quiet, even in a sales sales, um, uh, arena, such as owning an art gallery. I really do uh, find myself um, standing by and watching a lot more in a uh, party setting than putting the lampshade on and and being the center of any attention. I, I shy away from that tremendously. Unlike my friend Ray sitting here who wears a lampshade very nicely. 
<laughs> I wear a lampshade all the time. <laughs> On the other hand, I do know the benefits of being quiet. Uh, I've been out of the dating scene for a long time, been married, got a couple kids. But uh, when I was in the dating scene, I found out that the less I opened my mouth, the more mysterious I seemed to be to the opposite sex and seemed to get a little bit more attraction than the blabbermouth next to me who told everything <laughs> that came his way. So uh, it seemed to work for me to uh, keep it in and, not, and not, not let it all hang on all the time. No, I, that's my problem, <laughs> Ryan. No, and I would agree with I, I agree with everything you guys are saying. I think, and that's why I wanted to make sure that we talked about it because I think people have this preconceived notion that if they want people to like them or to get to know them, that they have to gush out all this information. And one of the biggest compliments, I should say, non-communicated compliments that you can make to another human being is to be interested and listen to what they have to say. Because we all have things that we're passionate about or um, we do like to talk about ourselves. and it, It's kind of part of who we are. And when you take time to be quiet and listen to them, you're bound to get actually a lot more attention and a lot more interest than if you're the one dominating the conversation. Okay, now on to my favorite part. I'm sorry. I, I know it's wicked of me, but I love the socially unacceptable part. <laughs> I'm a little twisted. But um, actually, I'm wondering, I'm going to bring this one up, even though I'm surrounded by guys. I'm going to bring this one up because we uh, touched base on this on the show that did not air, so we're kind of revisiting some of these. Socially unacceptable, commenting on a woman's pregnancy before she tells you she's pregnant. When are you due? I'm not pregnant. No bueno. It's not acceptable. I actually talked to my friend this uh, yesterday at the Fremont Market. Um, overheard her mention about being pregnant, and I didn't say anything until I said, "Back up there. What, what did you say again? Did you did you say you're pregnant?" Good they for thought, you. They thought I already knew, and I wasn't about to say anything. It's not acceptable. <laughs> Well, I think that uh, Ray, did you have something? Not no. acceptable. I agree with that. <laughs> Well, it's funny because when I was working at Nordstrom's um, way back in the day, the the fashion was these very flowing, large, over you know, oversized shirts, and I had this beautiful silk one, and it had a, a doubled panel, which typically, in when it's not in fashion, is a more pregnant look to it. And I was standing, and again, I love this is why I always love Nordstrom's. Is typically you didn't have to deal with this, but. There was um, a box boy or whatever you want to call him in the elevator with me. He looked at me and he goes, so when do you do? And I just, I got this incense look on my face. And I looked over him and then I looked at the door and I didn't say anything. And he goes, hello. And I looked at him and I go, that is not an appropriate question because I'm not pregnant. And he looked at me and he just, he didn't even, didn't he, he didn't even know what to do. I mean, you just kind of box yourself into a corner when you just throw that out there. So if you're curious, if you think somebody might be pregnant, I mean, there's a lot of questions that you can ask or things that you can lead into, you know, have, um, you know, I know, I know you guys got married a couple of years ago. I, I believe you guys were talking about kids. Where are you at with that? I mean, even if they look pregnant, they can look at you and go, um, yeah, you know, can't you tell I look pregnant? It becomes funny. Then you're not insulting anybody. But uh, yeah, just don't ever, don't ever just come out and go, so. When are you expecting? That's not, not, not good. Not good. Second, socially unacceptable. When someone says you can post on their business wall, do it once, maybe twice if you make sure that's okay. Don't go hog wild and post your event three or four times on somebody else's page. Um, the reason for this is 
again, there's there's got to be some politeness and etiquette that goes along. If somebody's being gracious enough for you to post on their Facebook, you want to be understanding that you don't want to jeopardize their exposure, whether it's just friendly exposure or the way their family communicates, or if it particularly if it is their business page, people will start unfriending of unfriending you if they get too many of what they consider to be irritating posts. And you may not think that your advertisement is irritating, but if you post it two and three and four times in a row, it can be very irritating. And I've been I've I myself have unfriended people because they keep putting things on my page or they keep um sending the same thing over and over and over again and you have to learn just like with junk mail if you want your pieces of paper or your flyers or your business cards not to be thrown away, you need to make sure that that information is given to them in a way that they have asked for it and or are going to appreciate it, and Facebook is no different. Well, it's just like everything else called spam. Yes. Whether it's your friend's info or not, if they're constantly uh, putting it on there time after time after time, it's called spam. That's true. I I didn't even think of that. Yes, spam. (laughs) And not the good kind that you eat. Right. I'm not a Facebook person or anything, but I got a friend who's got a Twitter account and he posts uh, an image a day on his account, but unfortunately because of some of the links he's made, uh there's a guy who shows 10 cats every day on his space. Oh wow. And it can be definitely an intrusion into your personal space when you're uh when when that kind of assault is given to your page by somebody who's trying to put too much out. Yeah. Well, and I and this is again, you know, this is why we talk about this. I don't think People necessarily understand. You know, we get so caught up in our lives, and you know, I got to get this information out. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about it being socially unsavvy to post the same, you know, post five or ten things in a row. A lot of people look at their Facebook and they go, "Okay, I got to get this information out, and I've got ten minutes at nine o'clock to get it out." You really, if you're going to treat this as a as a business um, window for you, you really need to be cognizant about what you're doing. You know, I work really hard to only post three, maybe four at a time, and I try to space them out And at the holidays because there's so many events coming. And a lot of the people who are my Facebook friends, they know that they're Facebook friends with me because I'm giving them event information, so they know to expect that. But even then, I try to educate my listeners, hey, if it gets to be too much, there is a little button called hide. You don't have to completely delete me, <laughs> but you can hide me for a couple of months until things die down again so that it doesn't become too much. And then you can come to my page and you can check me out and see what events are coming up. And then you can always unhide me when things slow down, when you're comfortable. Um, I think that if you can remember that it is a window and it is a venue, it can be very, very advantageous to you. Just don't break the window. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, this one was a personal experience this week. Um it amazes me how easy it is for me to write socially unacceptable. I was running on a trail over Incarnation, and um, people walk their dogs, you know, and people are biking, and there's us who are running, and there's even people who are have their horses out there. And it always cracks me up. I'm running. I'm on my side. I always all far on one side so I don't have to, you know, encringe on anybody else, and somebody's walking at me with their dog, and they've got one of those leashes that, you know, the, the dog can run so far. You know, it has the extension on it. So my socially unacceptable is to let your dog force someone out of their path in public because you have allowed your dog too much leash and are not paying attention. 
if I'm running and your dog runs at me, my first inclination is to panic and get out of the way. And that's not fair. Not only is it not fair, it's excessively rude because people don't know that your dog's not a biter or they don't know that there's not an issue with your dog, that maybe it's just being friendly. So if you're out in public, if you're on a trail, if you're in the mall, keep your dog on a tight leash and close to you so that other people aren't intimidated and you're not making people around you feel uncomfortable. It should never be your intention to think that your constitutional rights should supersede anybody else's. Be polite, be considerate. If you want to share your animals or anything else with other people, understand that they have rights to and, and try to be aware of those. Okay, so that is the end of Socially Unacceptable, and we are going to take a quick break here, and then we are going to be bringing you our interview with Mr. Gunnar Nordstrom and Ray Pelly for um, what is up and coming. We'll talk to you soon. Hello, and welcome back to Socially Savvy, broadcasting live from Gunnar Nordstrom's gallery in Bellevue. We are here with Gunnar Nordstrom's and artist Ray Pelly, and we're going to chat with them a little bit about where we are, what what this fabulous place is, and Ray's amazing art. Gunnar? Thanks, LB. Um, Let's just get started a little bit about what's um, going on in the gallery right now. Wonderful. We're um, we're ending uh, an exhibit that uh, we had a group show, and that ends on May 8th, which is Mother's Day. And then we'll transition into uh, a show on the 11th, when we'll open that at 6 p.m. for Arlen Rosenoff, who's a regional painter. Um, a lot of Northwest scenes, very lush, um, buttery substance to his painting, um, and very, very pedestrian-friendly. That's, a, that's a, a common word to use. Everybody likes his work, and so it'll be a, a great opening. And uh, something nice on that evening, we're going to be introducing Ryan that night, our, our, your, our your, mix- your, mixologist. Your yes. mixologist here. Um, everybody knows that our parties are, are infamous, and they're they are. <laughs> well attended. They're a ton of fun. And while we'll, uh, you know, we offer complimentary cocktails and, and wine and beer, we're going to introduce Ryan as our mixologist, and he's going to, um, uh, well, he can even With tell that? you, he's, he's going to uh, put together some blast, and then we're going to combine that with um, uh, some of, of the, other sodas. Yeah, of the sodas that you represent. Flavored dry sodas. We're dry dry sodas. Yeah, yeah it'll be, it, it will be a blast. <laughs> I, I mean, love that. We're gonna. It's going to be a blast. <laughs> Oh, Ryan was mixing some of these up, up uh, earlier, and they are oh, as fabulous. They're tasty. They are just fabulous, and um, uh, so it'll be a, a great recognition for him. You know, we have 125 people, you know, follow through that evening, and, and so it'll be a lot of fun. And so that's Wednesday on the 11th uh, between 6 and 8. 
Yes, and I've had the luxury of shooting that event for the last year and a half, and the the diversity of the people you get in here, and and I have to say the diversity of the art that you get in here is amazing. I, I've said it before that you were my introduction into art. You know, I'd looked at galleries and looked in the windows as I was passing by, but I had never actually physically um, walked into a gallery except for one time when we lived in Redmond. To my husband bought me um, a, an, a piece of art, a, a painting. But, Lee Bogle, I, yes, I a Lee Bogle, yeah. exactly. But even at that time, my it was he had found the art, he showed it to me, and so I was very narrow-minded. I came and looked at that art. Yours was the first time I came in, and my eyes wandered from wall to wall to wall, and I found myself standing there and actually looking at like you you see in a movie where they're gazing at and really kind of trying to okay, what were they trying to say and, and looking at the colors and appreciating the lines. And so I, I absolutely love that you were my introduction into art. Well, I'm very happy to have, have that uh, opportunity to introduce you to a lot of art. You know, we were, in, we were in Kirkland for 18 years. And being on the boulevard and having as many as 17 galleries in a three-block area in Kirkland, we really had to niche our particular um, direction. Right. You know, we're very playful. We were the brightly colored gallery but we wanted to keep the level um, of value high. Uh-huh. And um, as the galleries and the recession started to, uh, the recession increased and, and the galleries started to decrease, we moved to, Kirk- to from Kirkland to Bellevue two and a half years ago and um, we're able to show a, a larger variety of artwork now that uh, makes being an art dealer um, the pleasurable aspect. I'm yeah. not niched in a particular market. Well, and I like your space here, and, and I'm really excited for Wednesday because you've had, you know, you always feature like two cocktails and wine, and we get to have my favorite mixologist, Ryan, here. He's created all these different recipes. I'm so excited, Ryan. That should be fun. It's a little bit different take on the uh, blast, those that are familiar with it, being a uh, fairly uh, decent level of alcohol content in a malt beverage. Um, but with us mixing with the dry sodas with different flavors and coming up with uh, different cocktail uh, flavors that really tones down any sugars or too strong of alcohol taste where it actually turns out to be a really good just kind of a fruit cocktail beverage. Yeah, you know, which, which is really nice. You know, Ryan has has um, bartending background to him. Yeah. Now he's a rep for um, uh, Pabst Company. Pabst and... and, and uh, uh, Blast included into that. Mm-hmm. This will make just a, a, a great networking opportunity to to um, get Blast out there. Um, we're going to serve a little Rainier and PBR as well that night. Oh, very well, excited! Well, you guys have been especially LB bringing me on and letting me uh, sponsor this, and I'm getting a whole different audience enjoying it and having fun ways with it. Um, oh, yeah. With the product instead of just everybody kind of uh, having a certain perception about it because you know Snoop Dogg is our spokesperson and it's a malt beverage by Colt 45 but there's so many other ways with it because we encourage mixing it um, either with, with together uh, the flavors or as we've come to find out the dry sodas work extremely well with it and yeah make it a very good beverage I could tell you right now the parties that I go to because I'm I love and I have friends who are on the water and um, a couple of friends who have boats I'm not sure if we're actually getting on a boat but to me, you know, when you're looking for something unique and you're going to be out on that boat for how many hours on the log boom, grabbing a couple cases of the blast and a couple cases of, you know, a dry soda or any other flavored soda or, you know, add vodka to it or what, you can have so much fun. And what I like about it is it's it's easy and convenient. It's not one of those where 
you have to bring grenadine and you have to bring this kind of juice and that. You can mix two together and you've got fabulous drinks. They're refreshing. Um, you know, they're adult beverages that remind you of being a kid. I was amazed. Absolutely I know. amazed. I know. I floored. I know it sounds silly, but I was floored. Yeah, Gunnar, I liked the look on your face when I offered you one. You said, yeah, sure, I'll give it a try. And then you kept coming back for more and we got your, uh, <laughs> your Gunnar bean. Perfect. The, uh, strawberry, strawberry lemonade with some vanilla dry, dry soda. Excellent. Turned out great. It's awesome. So, Ray, please, um, you know, we had the fortune of having O-Wine sponsor us tonight as the uh, wine taste of the show. And you are our fabulous wine artist. Uh, you know, I'm looking at one of your pictures here, and the, the connection to O-Wines is um, Stacy. Her husband it works with DeLille. And we're looking at a painting where you have a beautiful bottle of DeLille in the background. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Uh, well, to begin, uh, my work is photorealism. So if you get a chance to look at it, the first thing I'd like to have happen is when you see the piece, you think you're looking at a photograph rather than finding out a few minutes later that, no, it's actually a hand-painted piece, hand-drawn and painted. And you succeed at that well, thank tremendously. You. Thank you very much. And did uh, that right off the bat when I saw it. Brian's <laughs> like, is that a painting? All right, good. That's when I've succeeded, and that's what's called photorealism. And and I think there's also some other things involved here. There's uh, a little bit of Andy Warhol, in spite of the fact it's strongly realistic as opposed to graphic like Warhol, is still dealing with part of the popular culture. And so I also refer to it as pop realism as well, because oh, wow. uh, this, this is a, a, uh, a cultural icon when we're talking about wine and wine in our uh, today. It's it's such a big popular item in the culture, and, and a lot of us define ourselves by the type of wine that we drink and where we drink it. Oh, well, and being Washingtonians and, and this area growing so quickly with wine, and it, you know, I remember hearing about California wines, but the passion that people have up here for their wines, and the even the, the eclectic feel of the people, they still come together. I mean, you can have all kinds of different demographics drinking the same wine and have a a... Uh, function or not function, but a single-minded thought process and being able to appreciate that, even though they come from different places. And looking at your paintings, it's like you know you you give you give that focal point again. There you go. And as you mentioned, the the, the Napa wine, the Sonoma wines, the California wines—they've been really big for a long time. And they have an artist in California. His name is Thomas Arvid, who some of your audience might be familiar with. He also paints wine, but he's focused pretty much on California wines. Uh, that silver oak is one of his favorite subjects. And it just occurred to me that we've got a pretty large wine culture here in the state of Washington. And I just recently heard we have like 800 wineries. And yeah. it's time for art to pay a little bit of attention to the Washington wines. And so yeah, the I most recent totally show that I had is based on Washington wines, uh, all paintings of uh, Washington wines, uh, mostly from the Woodenville area, but some from east of the mountains as well. And uh, another thing I think about working with wine for an artist is there's a lot of glass involved. And so what you, you're working with a lot of reflections. And one of the things that's always kind of impresses people is to be able to paint glass. I mean, there's nothing there, right? You see right through it. But getting oh, the wow. reflections going on a piece can really pump the piece up. Plus, even, even though it, it's stayed and kind of, you know, solid in its appearance, you get the feeling of the liveliness of what's going on around the wine by yeah. the reflections that are in the glass and in the bottle, uh, in the pictures, too. Well, and I'm looking at, I remember the first time I saw this piece, I was looking, the, the 
I was most intrigued by the glass of wine, which dominates the photo as the forefront, and then the bottle dominates it's in the background. Painting. It's a painting. It's not a photo. Okay. But, okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that's what. I'm, see, okay. I'll continue to make that mistake because it is. Like, it to me, it's it is. It has that three dimensional. But when you look at the wine glass in the front, you can see it looks like it's in a restaurant and there's activity going on. You can see lights. You can see it looks like maybe some images of people either sitting or something in the background. But it is. It's very dynamic in that it captures the lights of wherever it was. It's not um, your, your detail. Even looking at the in the, the far right-hand corner with a decanter where the glass actually offsets the label, you know, and makes it look distorted is just absolutely amazing. Well, Beautiful thanks. work. Thank Beautiful. you very much. You know, ta- talking a little bit more about pop culture, uh-huh. um, uh, this particular painting was part of a group of ten that uh, Ray had done in November called Washington Wines, uh-huh. and where he was able to pick out um, ten wines that he had some sort of a relationship with, not necessarily the top wineries, nothing of the lower ones, just something he had a relationship with. Some He tasted, he liked, he liked the people in the tasting room. And this particular um, painting of Shalura Estates is a DeLille wine. And, and, yes. the, and the, fun, uh, the fun part of talking about it tonight is because of um, uh, Stacy Peterson, Stacy Lill, yes. married to Greg Lill of, of, De, of DeLille Wine. And um, uh, I know Greg has seen this painting and absolutely loves it and is, is quite impressed of it. And I think we're going to be doing some prints of this particular painting oh, for, the, for the winery. And uh, each of their investors or each of their clients or anybody could have something. Well, if it. there's a print, I want a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you know. I, 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 I do. I love the... It's funny because I guess that that would be probably the ultimate compliment is I'm a photographer and so you know just not even thinking I'm referring to it as a photo. Good. The other thing about this piece, uh, it, this one was one of the seminal pieces for the show, uh, mostly because I think you can see on the line it's a Shalur Estate from 1999. Oh yeah. Uh, previous to that, I'd probably had. Well, I'm an artist. I don't go out and buy nice bottles of wine. As well, <laughs> you know. Uh, now that's Boone really Farm nice was really good a long time ago, but uh, but uh, somebody gave me that particular bottle as a birthday present, and when that got poured in the glass and tasted, whole new world of experience opened up for the way oh, wines are and wow. what they can be. So that sh- bottle of Shalur Estate is actually what sent me on a whole investigation, all sorts of different wines, and uh, from from the inexpensive ones. By the right. way, the old red blend uh, is something ah, we haven't Mila. talked about, and it's really delicious. Oh no, no, we're, too. we're and waiting it's under on twenty dollars a bottle. Yeah, uh, and and but the, it's nice to have that kind of uh, experience. And Shalur Estate, the, this particular wine, is what kind of sent me on that adventure into wine country. Oh, Enjoyed ever since. So. so that particular picture or painting, sorry, I'm going to continue to make that mistake. That particular painting has a lot, a lot of you wrapped into it. Exactly. That's what I did try to do. I tried to have some reason for doing the painting. I didn't do it because it was well known or because uh, it had some kind of magic uh, association that I could feed off. It's because of a personal experience I had with the particular bottle of wine. That's probably why it's so appealing, why your artwork is so appealing. Every painting in the show that we did in November, um, each different different mm-hmm. painting reflected a different winery or a different type that. of wine. All had a little story that went right along with it. Um, and, yeah. and again, it was a story that just was, was raised relationship with driving uh, through concrete and coming across a, a tasting room. That's right, Challenger Ridge, as uh, one oh, of the 
most interesting uh, wineries up in concrete. They've got a uh, Pinot Noir vineyard up there, and what a surprise to see a vineyard. And so we stopped in, and they were having an event up there for their clientele, their their club members. But they welcomed us right in, belly up, have a few uh, glasses, enjoy our hors d'oeuvres, and join right in. What a friendly I, atmosphere to find. You I know? think that is indicative of Washington wines. I am not, you know, having never lived in California, I'm not sure if the tasting rooms were you know, what they were like back in the day in the beginning. I know that my first introduction to wine, and, and Ryan, you're a little bit younger than me, so your introduction might have been a little bit different as well. But my first introduction to wine was very ostentatious. It was very kind of, you know, you drank a certain kind of wine, you drank it a certain kind of way, um, certain people drank different kinds of wine. So, you know, at 41, now in the last 10 years when I really started getting into it, the eclecticness and and the, the demographic has broadened so much that it has become such a so much of a fuller experience. Once I started going to Washington wines and and walking these places, everybody is so um, encouraging. I, I watched. I did the Woodenville um, Passport. I was there for opening weekend and hit probably forty different wineries. There were tons and tons and tons of mid twenties couples, singles, groups in there who were enjoying the wine and at, at that age when I was that age that just never happened. Right. It was not it was not introduced or really encouraged. So those kind of events like Passport um or St. Nick um through Woodenville are amazing amazing. amazing opportunities. You've got 40 wineries. Um you've got a driver to take you around and you may get 10 to 13 wineries for that day. But what an opportunity. I mean, yeah. to have them all so, uh, so close and easy at hand. Yeah, no, most definitely. And this year um, with Passport, they opened it up. They had the opening weekend. But then they gave you until June 1st to use your passport. So they, you could trade off in groups, like one person would be the designated driver or another person, and you could really get a chance to go around and taste and hit every single winery, which I think, honestly, was brilliant marketing. Yeah, that, that, that was a lot of fun. But to have it there, to be there on opening day. was fabulous. You know, you've got music, you've got food, you've oh. got all kinds of great things going on. It was wonderful. It was very crowded. It was hilarious watching the people teeter off the bus. <laughs> you know, we did, uh, 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 right after the show in November, we went up to St. and did the St. Nick's with the Passport St. Nick's at, in Woodenville. Uh-huh. And, um, oh, with a, probably out of the ten paintings, a half a dozen wineries, uh, uh, William, William Church and, and uh, uh, Brian Carter and a lot of the other wineries that Ray had done um, that we were able to come and talk to in person. Oh, um, wonderful. You know, they were busy days. We, we, we certainly didn't bother them, but uh, uh, they loved having a postcard and, and knowing that, uh, and, and even the other wineries that hadn't had it done go, you know, we, we'd sure like to have that done. Oh, wow. Yeah. How much fun. Yeah, it was great. How it was great. Fun. really enjoyed it. Well, thank you so much, Ray, for being here thank and telling you. us about your beautiful art and Gunner for, you know, allowing us to um, use you as a featured location. And even though today's show was a closed set, we've had open sets before and um, we are in the works of having another open set. So we will keep the listeners in on when that's going to be so they can be a part of it. Yeah, come on down. It's a lot of fun. We've enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. It, it is a blast. Okay, so we are going to move on to a couple other things that we have on the schedule. I had put in for talking about the difference between swag bags and goodie bags. 
some of the technology, or not technology, but some of the verbiage has changed in the last several years. You started hearing the term swag bag with the Academy Awards and a lot of the red carpet events. And for a lot of the less than, um, I should say, I won't want to say educated, but maybe stylistic savvy of us, because back in the day I was not exactly stylistically savvy, I always wondered, okay, what's a swag bag? What's in a swag bag? Um now swag bags are more commonplace. I, I we have a swag bag, and by definition, it is a swag bag. <laughs> but what is the difference? I think a lot of people advertise. Everybody uses the, the the term swag bag now. But what is the difference? So we were going to go over that. Um, if you're looking at attending a social event and it says swag bags for the VIP guests, what exactly does that mean? And what is the difference? Well, here's your answer. A swag bag is full of product, great discounts, and complimentary offers for you to try from event sponsors. They can range from skincare products, beverages, bags, food, and I've seen jewelry. I've seen, let's see, what else did I see? Oh, um, cosmetic accessories like nail files, you know, like sets, not just individual pieces, but full sets of things, mirrors. Anytime somebody is giving you an actual item, those that that dominates. If items dominate the bag, and if the discounts in the bag are of, I would say between twenty percent and higher, those are considered swag bags. A goodie bag tends to predominantly be dominated by pieces of paper, ten percent discount. Um, you know, buy two get one free. A buy one get one free would be key more chain. of a swag bag. Yes, keychains, combs, um, a pen. You know, uh, the the plastic pens would be more of a goodie bag. Metal pens would be more of a swag bag. There's there's little nuances, but the big difference between a swag bag and a goodie bag is the amount of product you get in it versus the amount of pieces of paper. Well, uh, from somebody from my standpoint that's trying to help out with your swag bag, it's more of getting people to know the product or the service right. instead of just a little form of advertising. Exactly, and that is the key thing is is a goodie bag is more about advertising and a swag bag is more about here's our product, we recognize you as a consumer and we want you to try our product. We feel that this is the best use of our marketing dollars, so here you go, give it a try. Um, personally, I feel swag bags and getting product directly into people's hands has been probably the number one way of marketing for the last two years, and people have seen the biggest return versus the 10% or 15% off coupon. Because when people see a 10% off coupon, they think, oh, well, I'm just not paying sales tax. That doesn't hit them. Now, plus plus you're, you're still taking a chance, whereas if you've got the yes. product in your hand, you get to experience yes. that product. Yes, exactly. So if you are putting on events, if you're thinking about you know trying to get sponsorships and trying to get companies to back you, Try to make sure that you understand when you go to post it or present it to represent it properly. If you're going to have a goodie bag and you say goodie bag and that's all you have, that's okay. But don't present it as a swag bag if it's not because you will get a very negative connotation. And then when people look at your event, they're going to go, um, you know, they're going to think about it if you misrepresent. It's not necessarily what's in the bag, it's how you represent it. So make sure that what you're doing is going to benefit you and your sponsors properly and effectively. Yeah, I have enough buttons and 
keychain, so <laughs> it'll last a lifetime. You know, if, it's, if it's called a goodie bag, you know, I'm not that interested. <laughs> so please, all you event planners, don't call it a swag bag unless it's braggable. Okay, so we're going to finish off the show. We've got a... Could be, could, sorry, could it be called a swag brag then? Ooh, we we could we could start a new one. We'll start that. The swag, the swag brag. brag. I like that. That's great. I like that because maybe yeah. it's not in a bag. Maybe it's in a cup. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's a go around and pick it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the Duchess Report, um, brought to you by Pop Chips. Never fried, never baked. Think popped. This is what went on last week. Uh, the last couple weeks, we our show last week did not air um, properly, and we're not quite sure how that all happened, but there were quite a few events that have happened in the last couple weeks that we wanted to touch base on because we wanted you as our listeners to know about some new venues that were out there and some fun things that were going on. So I'm going to quickly touch base on some of these. Um, about a week and a half ago, the new Club Sur Restaurant and Lounge hosted a um, most talented models, designer, and hairstylist and makeup artist um, search and it was a one of a kind quarterly event. It's called Battle to the Nines. They hosted the evening. It was a pretty much a packed house. Um, the hairstylist and the makeup that went along with it were fabulous, very fun. And one of our co-hosts, who is usually here, Fancy Frenchwood, she actually got to be a judge of that event. So it was it was wonderful to see how Washington and Seattle, particularly are giving opportunities to upcoming art, you know, makeup artists, designers, models. It really gave the an arena for these people to come out, strut their stuff, and they awarded a winner at the end of the night. So um, thank you to Club Sir. They are new. They do have some fun stuff coming up. I'll be touching base with you in a few minutes. So if you're in Seattle in the Soto District, I would definitely recommend checking out Club Sir. On Saturday, I went out to Carnation to attend the grand opening of Pandora Cellars. They launched six wonderful wines for people to try that day with names like Bellevue Blonde and Pandora Red. Not only do they spark the taste buds, but the imagination too. Congratulations to Daniel Williams and Sam Kiersey. They're available for purchase currently only on their website at PandoraCellars.com, but look for them out and about town soon. They'll also be doing and hosting some more um, events out in Carnation. They share a common location with Pleasant Hill Cellars, who has been out there for a number of years and have their own winery as well. And while I'm speaking of Pleasant Hill, they are going to be doing their open house May 21st and May 22nd, where they will be introducing their wines for the season. It is $30 um, a, a person. It includes introduction to 16 wines paired with food. So um, we have some friends that we're going to be getting together and going and checking that out. I thought, what a wonderful way to start out, you know, to kind of finish off spring and go into summer, being able to check out all these different wines and know, okay, this is the kind of food I could serve this with. You know, oh, I'm going to be going to this event. Let's get a couple bottles of these. Because I know a lot of people, they love wine, but when they're going to events, they're not always sure what wines to bring, you know, what's going to be well-suited. You know, we're kind of typically under our hats. We know, okay, with Italian food, you bring this. With a turkey dinner, you bring this. With Christmas um, a roast, you bring this. But when it comes to the more eclectic dishes, spicy, um, Thai, you don't quite know what to do. So these events are fabulous for giving you more ideas and um, more insight into what to drink and, and how to pair it. Yeah, definitely don't want to bring a uh, the wrong wine for a sweet dish or... Uh, yeah. 
you know, then it throw, throws the taste buds all off. So. Well, my thing, I remember when I used to bring wine, I would go, well, we could use it for dinner or dessert. I mean, I would let the host decide how it was going to be drank because I didn't, I didn't have the education. So I'm really looking forward to this particular event. Um, then this last week, I took um, myself and Fancy and a couple of others, took a tour of a few of the Bellevue Dance Clubs. I know that, Gunnar, you've been to a few of them with us. Uh, we bounced around. I started at the parlor. They have revamped their dance floor and opened things up a, a bit. And the DJ that they have did a nice job of keeping people interested. Um, after that, we moved down to the Lux Room at Lucky Strike. And as everybody knows, in Bellevue right now, my favorite place, if I'm going to go dancing, is going to be Lucky Strike. And part of the reason for that is that their staff is very well equipped at dealing with and um, accommodating, I think that's a better word, accommodating and making every demograph feel good. So if you're the 27-year-old who's standing in line to get in, or if you're the 40-year-old who's going in the VIP line, you're going to get treated with respect and they're going to take care of you. Roger over there has changed the format of Saturdays to stream in main floor music into the Lux room, which is their deluxe VIP room. They have the main floor, they have a VIP section, and they have a Lux room, which had typically been reserved for another type of music, and um, you could, you know, reserve the right and buy a table to go sit in there. Um, but the music was again geared more towards the younger audience. What he's done has um, added the the regular floor music, which has always been really good up there, and filtered it in, providing a true VIP experience where you can enjoy the music and dance in the room or out on the floor if you want it a little bit louder, but still be able to hear and socialize. And I think that that is one of the mistakes a lot of these dance clubs don't um, don't pay attention to is every demographic likes to dance. There's people in every demographic that likes to dance. And as, of course, the demographics get older, their focus changes a little bit. But at 41, I love to dance, but I also love to socialize. So to have a room and have a place where I can not only dance, but carry on a conversation and hear myself and hear the pe- person I'm talking to, there's a lot of value in that. So I wanted to say hats off to them for addressing and, and giving us a place where some of us who aren't 25 and, um, you know, not sitting on the dance floor the entire six hours that we're out can appreciate and enjoy. They really do a fantastic job there. Um I, I was I was there uh, Saturday, Saturday night. Saturday night, yes, with me. Felt very welcomed, um, visually entertained. Um, Lots of eye candy. Unbelievable. <laughs> and I, I would certainly encourage everyone to stop by Lucky Strike, uh, whether you, whether you bowl or not. <laughs> well, and that's what's so lovely about Lucky Strike is you, they truly are one of those um, venues where they do cater to every demographic. Because during the day, the kids have you know the the power play with all the video games, and you can go bowling. Um, I had a, a friend of mine, She, her grandmother was turning 80 years old. They did a bowling party for her because she loved to bowl. It, I just thought it was it was amazing, very fun. Private bowling alleys they've got there with the two lanes. That's, that's quite the Lux Room, yes. And yeah, so, that's a great spot. Yes, and you can rent that room and you can have the bowling. You can also have a DJ come in. Um, they'll hire DJs and bring them in. So th- that room is fully functional as far as its own bar, its own bathroom. It's got its own lanes. It, it is one. Interesting artwork in the uh, the venue as well. A lot of lot of different art. In yes. The- well, well let, let's take a, a, a quick break from, from that and say that uh, the parlor has interesting artwork as well. 
Yes, you walk, it does. If you walk into the comedy room at the parlor, you see posters of Ray Pelly paintings of which we've sold those paintings, the originals, the one-of-a-kinds in the past. Oh, I and, love it. And uh, they're, they're, it's, it's really fun. I, 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 was at, I was at the comedy show the other night, and... Um, and I'm and, and I'm sitting across there, and uh, and there's there's a, a, a picture of a, a pre-olive martini, a poster, we sold the original of, and there there it sits, which makes it a lot of fun. Oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> that is awesome. Okay, so we are going to move forward here. We, um, I attended one of the chapters of the new social wine group that hit Seattle last month called Thirsty Girl. Uh, this was created by savvy wine writer, author, and head thirsty girl, Leslie Sabroco. Um, she has got several chapters who are going to be starting, and we will have more details as to where those are going to be opening up. Um, it's basically a social event uh, that is going to be, I think it's going to be open, like they're going to be doing once or twice, once a month or once every two months events, introducing people to wine, talking about it. It gives a great place for women to come and meet and right off the get-go, everybody's like, is it just for women? They've already thrown out the term thirsty guys. So I think it's going to become a very social group in the Seattle Bellevue area. It looks to be very fun. Um, Friday, I was fortunate enough to be a guest of one of the Act Two Guild members, Elizabeth Morrow um, Noland at the Silhouettes of Style, a royal affair that was held at the Westin over here in Bellevue. With special EMC Molly Shin of Como 4 News, Presenting their annual spring luncheon and fashion show, it was um, created to raise funds and community awareness to support the Tatuchi Center, a world-class performing arts center featuring a 2,000-seat concert hall and a 250-seat cabernet, um, cabaret sorry, targeted to open in 2014 in downtown Bellevue. Um, the Bellevue Collection orchestrated the show in conjunction with its spring style event. And as a nod to this auspicious occasion, they were delighted to add some new and exciting segments to the Royal Wedding Affair runway to show um, for the Benefit Center because it correlated with the Royal Wedding that had happened at 2 o'clock in the morning. So glad that's over. <laughs> I think I do. Um, one of the sponsors was our very own O-Wines as their wines were featured on the tables as well. So keep an eye out for more events to help build this amazing facility over here in Bellevue. Coming up this week, brought to you by Go Girl Energy Drinks, the perfect energy drink for those of us on the go with all the good stuff and none of the bad. With Cinco de Mayo coming up, there's a lot of Latin fun around town. Check out your local bars, restaurants. Um, if you're in downtown Seattle, check out the new Club Sur down in the Soto District for drinks um, and the best crowd you'll find for Cinco de Mayo. Drink specials at night are going to be 5 bucks, and they're going to be having DJs and some um, special dance performances up on their stage. I'm going to be checking that one out. That one sounds like fun. Thursday night, uh, Buenos Aires night at Club Sur. Again, this is another new event. They are doing a tango class at 7.30. I've always wanted to do a tango class. So we will be checking that out and reporting back on you on how good that is. And you posted, I heard girls like guys at dance. They do. They <laughs> most definitely do. On Saturday, join Apex Alder Ridge, May 7th, for the Stella and Dot Mother's Day trunk show. Grab your mom and sisters while you sip some wine and try on Stella and Dot's fabulous new spring summer lines that have been featured in InStyle, Lucky, O Magazines, and more. Then we have 
let's see here. I'm sorry, I lost myself here. I get lost because there's so much information. Oh, hey, finally. Okay, yes. We're going to turn it over to Ryan for about two minutes to tell us about all of their the blast um, launches this week. There's like six or eight of them. Uh, this week we got uh, about six, um, about three each night. Had to kind of keep track of, uh, or can't go too many because we only have our promo girls. So many so people, long. yes. Um, so Friday, right now as it stands, we have uh, from 10 to 11 or 10 to 10.45 roughly, um, our place up on Capitol Hill. Um, and then from 11 to 12, Tiki Bob down at Pioneer Square. And then from midnight to 1 o'clock, we got Twilight, who has uh, been on board with us and been wanting to do this since we first got the product, but couldn't make it happen. Um, so that one should be really fun. Um, most places there should be a uh, cardboard stand-up of Snoop Dogg. You can come get a quick picture of if you're there in time. How um, cute. Going to have some blast girls and uh, possibly me dressed up as a pimp. Oh, wow, really? Oh, I'm with, bringing uh, my camera. <laughs> just have some fun with blast and uh, get, some, uh, get the bartenders having fun with it. And then on Saturday, um, 10 o'clock is kind of up in the air. Um, something fell through on that one. But we got 11 to 12 at the Pony up on Capitol Hill. And from 12 to 1, uh, the Diller Room, right down, uh, right across from the art museum. Awesome. Very excited to see this launch in Seattle, and I'm really excited to hear what everybody's takes on it's going to be. I know really we have well loved so it. Yeah, it has been a blast. It's going to be fun. Okay, so we have May 5th at Thaw Fashion Show. Oh, Wines is Pouring. Thaw is a Seattle annual spring fashion show and fundraiser featuring independent designers. Proceeds from this benefit the Huntington Disease Society of America. Um, it is going to be at 6.30 at 1531 Utah Avenue South, Seattle, Washington. Space is donated by the American Life and Soto Builders. To, con- to find out about the fashion show, please contact thawfashion at gmail.com or visit their website. Mother's Day brunches. Some of our suggestions on the east side are going to be Pearl and Daniel's Broiler. At this time, they did still have some reservations. I know a lot of our favorite places were already sold out. So if you're thinking about a Mother's Day brunch, please check it out quickly and get your reservations fast, or you will be left in the dirt like I was. And if you live <laughs> near your mom, there's always Skype. You can Skype oh, a breakfast there you with go. your mom. You can How's about Skype that? In. That sounds that that would work. <laughs> Um, other c- upcoming events are for Plan Ahead, brought to you by Zip Fizz, the healthy energy mix in a drink, mixed drink in a tube. Honk West Seattle returns. Um, hon- I'm sorry, Honk Fest West returns to Seattle for its fourth year, May 13th through the 15th. A traveling festival, Honk this year is excited to visit Georgetown on Friday, May 13th. Guest uh, works on Saturday, 14th, and Seattle Center on Sunday, May 15th with hundreds of musicians from across the United States and Canada. It is free and is a community-supported music festival. So get out there, check it out, and um, get back to us. Tell us what you think, what you liked, and um, what looked like it was fun. Then we have May 14th, the Dream Builders Ball, benefiting Virginia Mason. You're cordially invited to in um, to a historical event celebrating the 20th annual Virginia Mason Dream Builders Ball. This commemorative gala will be... Um, the event of Virginia Mason near Com- oh it's going to be I'm sorry I lost track here it is near as the Virginia Mason near the completion of a hundred million dollar intensive fundraising campaign focusing on the transformation of healthcare the Western Seattle Grand Ballroom at 95th Seattle Washington will be starting this event at 5:30 cocktails silent auction dinner live auction entertainment and dancing with Cool in the Gang so. 
Come join them for a night of premier entertainment, silent and live auctions, gourmet food, and black tie festive dresses. Put your dance on, people. Sunday, May 24th, or 21st, the fourth annual Forbidden Fashion Show will be hitting Seattle from 7.30 p.m. and on May 22nd at 1, at 1 o'clock at Seattle Art Museum. For more information, please visit the um, annual Forbidden Fashion Show website. To all of our socially savvy fans, please be sure to like us on your, our Facebook page to be entered into our drawings for prizes from our secret sponsors as well as our regular sponsors. We will be announcing at the beginning of the month the different people who have won. So every time, um, if you're a Facebook fan, you're entered. And every time you refer a friend, you'll be entered again, as well as for every um, message that you send us, letting us know that you know who the secret sponsor was for each show. Um, Visit us at Facebook.com, Socially Savvy. Thank you to our sponsors today, Gunnar Nordstrom's Gallery, Ray Pelly Artist, our O-Wines, Pop Chips, Kind Bars, Go Girl Energy Drinks, our Blast with our mixologist Ryan and um, Eye Candy Lash Boutique. Have a great week and we'll see you next week. Bye.